Have you tried Dale Jr.'s new potato chips? Go to DaleJrFoods.com to see where you can find the chips in your area or place an order online. It's that easy. This is Dale Jr., and you're listening to Dirty Mo' Radio. And then can you imagine meeting Dale Earnhardt? That would be... Yeah, if you're the boyfriend. Right. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't want to imagine that. The Dale Jr. download starts now. With Mike Davis, I'm Taylor Zarzer, and it's our very first podcast on the Dale Jr. Download. What do you want to do on this thing, Mike? I want to make it big, man. I want to make it bigger than Seinfeld. Are you fired up? I am fired up. I don't know that I can promise that, though. I, I am very fired up. I, I did. I can tell you that I'm prepared. I mean, I, I drank seven Diet Dews this weekend, which is why I'm shaking right now. Yes. I had an amp energy this morning. Uh, okay. I tried to join the National Guard a few days ago. <laughs> uh, I ate a couple of bags of Dale Jr. potato chips. Yeah, um, yeah. You're ready. Yeah, I'm ready. And we may not make it to this show. I might have to take you to the hospital just to get you checked out. <laughs> I am kind of freaking out and shaking a little bit, but I'm trying to get my mind around everything that is uh, Dale Jr. And speaking of that, I know he finished eighth in the uh, Bud Shootout, uh, the Sprint Unlimited, excuse there me, you go. on, uh, on you Saturday go. night. And I got to be honest with you, man, that race left a lot to be desired. I, I really thought that, you know, when you watch the shootout or the Unlimited now, it's going to take me forever to get used to that. You're thinking, all right, man, NASCAR's back, plate racing, three and four wide, beating and banging, wrecking. Now, we saw some wrecking at the beginning, but after that, everybody said, no, sir, we're not going to see any more of that. You think that was just because it's the first time they've been in this new car? I do. I mean, if you were looking for the shootout at the OK Corral, uh, you left disappointed, and certainly uh, and that's understandable. But if you look at it from, you know, if you're a student of the game, so to speak, and you're looking at car attitudes as they're driving them for the first time, and you're listening to driver chatter, which we often do, and everybody has access to that now, it was really interesting to me listening to how the drivers were handling the cars for the first time yeah it was and you could tell after that uh wreck early on where tony stewart thought he could clear and get down towards the bottom and he wrecked half the field you could tell after that everybody was like you know what we're not tearing up any more cars let's try to feel this sucker out for a few more times before we get ready for the great american race i think you're going to see more of that in the duels on thursday and friday as for qualifying uh, on sunday danica patrick is the huge story first time ever a female driver yes. has taken the pole in a cup race that's very significant obviously a lot of people around here know her well and very excited for her but not just her not Mike, just her yeah that entire 10 team that's dale jr's old crew right there a lot of them i'll put it that way uh, that's the old number eight bud crew we went to war with those guys and we're still great friends with them so it was really cool to see them get that uh, that pole because I know how hard they work and I know how good they are at restrictor plates. She's got the best in the business when it comes to that. How about Dale Jr. qualifying 11th? I, let's not put much stock in that. I mean, hey, you get into this race, you set your position by the Gatorade duels, and that's what we can expect. Uh, I'm sure that Stevie probably wished he had uh, qualified a little higher up there. Uh, Stevie being Stevie, not Stevie wishing Dale had qualified up there. Um, but I think that car is going to be stout. All right, well, let's ask Stevie. Let's, let's do go, it. Let's speed dial. Speed dial. All right, Steve Latart, crew chief for the Dale Jr. and number 88 National Guard Chevrolet joins us from Daytona. Mr. Latart, uh, I, that had to be a, a very interesting race for you as a crew chief when you when you trot out a brand new car like the Gen 6 and you have no earthly idea what's going to happen because it's the first time they've ever raced it. I mean, what was that like for you out there uh, during the Unlimited on Saturday night? 
Well, we had a lot of questions to answer, and we answered a bunch of them, which hopefully will lead into a, a better half of Speed Weeks for us. But it was just interesting between not knowing how the race was going to fall and then not having, you know, not having an idea how the new car was going to race. And then, man, we only had 12 cars left all of a sudden. So it's definitely a more interesting race than I've been a part of. Hey, Steve, Junior communicated during the second segment that he was having a hard time getting runs, like from the tail end of the draft, and he was wondering, is there something wrong with the car? You know, I, I'm not really sure. It was definitely a feeling that he had never felt before. What was the eventual verdict on that? Well, I think that's exactly right, Mike. You know, what we figured out was is our car had great speed in the pack, but what you need to do to win in Daytona is you have to be able to complete passes. And what that means is when you get a run, when someone gives you a push, and in that draft you see that big accordion, when you get that push, you have to be able to pull out a line and pass the guy in front of you. And our car would pull out a line, man, and it kind of wanted to stop dead in its tracks. It needed too much help to complete a pass. So that's what we need to work on the rest of Speed Weeks. There's uh, different things we can work on. And, and if I told you, you could do my job. So I'm going to leave that list to me. <laughs> but we have some stuff to work on for the second half of Speed Weeks. I, I think everyone listening feels pretty comfortable with you doing your job yes, uh, right now. <laughs> uh, hey, Stevie, I want to ask you about uh, – about jumping out of line and, and thinking you can clear. I mean, you saw what happened with Matt Kenseth in practice, thinking he can clear. You you thought you saw what happened with Smoke, thinking he could clear early on in the Unlimited. Is it harder to clear it with this new Gen Six car? Is it just a subconscious deal where you think you're in the old, you know, COT and you think, oh yeah, I've got it cleared? What what was the reason for that? You know, I think that's the perfect example of, of what we're talking about. You know, in the old car. It's no different than when you're passing someone on the interstate. When you go by somebody at a rate of speed, you almost don't check your mirror. You know you've cleared them and you switch lanes. And in the old car, I think that's the feeling they're all going back to. But with this new Gen 6 car with the sides, the shapes of the sides and the different things that manufacturers have built in, they're really susceptible to the side draft. And what I mean is when you get side by side, the guy next to you can kill your momentum by kind of moving up towards you. Mm. And I think that's what's catching these drivers off guard is they think they've rolled on past the guy and really, that guy has killed his momentum. And when they try to switch lanes, man, we we got another car there. So that's, I mean, I think that's going to be the key to Speed Week. And I don't think we've seen the end of that. Dale Jr. is one of the best restrictor plate racers ever. Um, that being the case, nobody really ever gets bent out of shape with where he qualifies. He qualified 11th on Sunday. What was your reaction to that? Obviously, uh, you've got the uh, duels coming up later in the week, and that'll decide where you start. Well, I guess I'm a little bit out of shape where we qualified. I'm disappointed. I thought we had a top four car, top six at the worst. We ran a great first lap. We ran a 50. We've been picking up six tenths. Thought we could have run a 90, which would have put us, you know, fourth. It just didn't work out. We qualified 11th, but this field is so tight. It just amazes me every year, a brand-new car, all these new rules. We come to Daytona, and one-tenth of a second improves us over 10 spots at Daytona. I mean, it would just be – it's unreal when you look at the tightness of the field. But – to your point, you know, it doesn't really matter where you start in a speedway race. I think if we have a good driving car, which I know we will on Thursday, if we can improve the little bit of speed issues we had on Saturday night, you know, I think we can go win us one of those uh, 150s on Thursday and have a second-row starting spot for the 500. Well, that sounds good. So you get back to the track on Wednesday with two practices. What's the strategy? Still a little liquid right now, Mike. You know, we gotta we got to be careful. You don't want to tear up a car. We did that a couple years ago, and it kind of put us behind in speed weeks. We have some great backups, so we're going to have to take some risk. With the new car, there's too many questions unanswered. So we have some single car stuff to do to try to work on some speed, but at some point we're going to have to get in that pack. So that will probably be second practice on Wednesday, and 
we come out of that unscathed, then we'll go into Thursday and hopefully have a good plan of attack for the 150. Well, that's good. Now, more importantly, what's your strategy for the next two days since you don't have to be at the track? <laughs> well, it's a mix of work and pleasure. You know, there's okay. a lot to do at the shop, so there's a lot of emails. But uh, we're off to the happiest place on earth over in Orlando. We're going to do a little Disney with the kids, so I'll be ready for some work by the time I get home tonight. That's a smart dad. Smart. That's a smart husband right there. Well, hey, last thing before we let you go is uh, a little birdie told me that you have gotten a man that used to, you know, party, not worry about what he ate, uh, to drink carrot juice for a couple of weeks in preparation for the season. I'm talking about Dale Earnhardt Jr. Is there something specifically you have this man eating or drinking this week? Well, Dale and I, um, you know, when I started, I had just lost the weight when I started the Coochie for Dale. And he kind of used to look at me funny when I would not eat the, the great greasy cheeseburger. And now two years later, when I'm ready to small, fall off the wagon and go get me two slices of great pizza, he's over there with grilled chicken and steamed veggies. So he, he he's definitely uh, upped his game on the diet situation. He's putting me to shame day in and day out here lately, so I need to get back on it. But he's committed without a doubt. We're both committed. We're ready to get 2013 started off. We've got a little bit of it kicked off, but we're waiting, waiting for the real season to start come Sunday in the 500. One more reason why we love Steve Latart. Uh, go say hello to Mickey for us. We appreciate you. All right, guys. Thank you. Okay, next up is uh, Mike Hogue, road manager for Dale Jr. JR Motorsports. Hey, hey, Hogue. Now, it was a busy week for you guys. Now, did you make Junior work the entire time down in Daytona, or did you give him some downtime? No, shoot, the only time we had to work was uh, media day. That was really the busiest for everyone, like it is every year. But we had a pretty funny moment. I was on Thursday. We had to, uh, me, Dale, our, our motor coach driver, and Amy had to go down the store to a drugstore. I had to pick up, pick up some things. And uh, while we were in there, you know, Dale and I came out, and Amy had to run in. She forgot something. Well, the dog they have, Junebug, is attached to Amy at the hip. When she leaves, he starts yelping. I mean, like, you know, as fast as he can. So... We got the funny idea while we're sitting in the parking lot. Dale's uh, Tahoe he's got has a microphone system on it and sirens when we do appearances. So we took the microphone up to Junebug's mouth. Now imagine three guys sitting in a Tahoe outside of this drugstore, right at the front doors, and they hear this, this little there's little Pomeranian in the dash yelping. And Amy texts Dale from the car. She's like, "Oh my gosh, what are you guys doing out there?" <laughs> said she can hear the dog as plain as day and then in the background she can hear Dale laughing. We were, <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was the funniest thing and he just kept going and people were walking out and they see me sitting right there at the front, in the front of the car and the coach driver with his little Pomeranian and he's just yelping as loud as he can and everybody in the store is peeking out and Dale just it was the funniest thing you, you had to be there to see it or witness it but other than that I mean that was the most entertaining thing we had pretty much all weekend other than just on track well i think that our audience would appreciate since we weren't there if you would do an imitation of the dog so we kind of get kind of could get a sense <laughs> of what started, it sounded like the beginning. all right if well you it, can imagine a little pound and a half pomeranian just yapping as loud as he can and then on a microphone times 10 no i, I can't I, I'm, I'm sorry hoke <laughs> i'm gonna need you to give us an Im- uh, uh, you no, try your best it's too early in the morning i'm still on the daytona hangover and we've got four more days to go uh, what time of day was this hoke in the afternoon. And there were a lot of people there? Well, there were just random people coming into a drugstore and doing what, you know, normal business. And they were coming out cracking up. And, and I had never seen it. Dale was laughing pretty good. And he was, the funny part was, Amy was texting saying, I can hear you laughing almost over the dog from inside the store. 
That's, that's good stuff, man. Insight that you can't get anywhere else. I'm glad you brought this guy on board with JR Motorsports, Mike Davis. Hey, man, he, he's I bringing us the stuff. Not very insightful at all for what we're doing, but yeah. hey, it's really <laughs> funny to happen. All right, Hope. Off the grid. All right, it was 12 years ago today that we lost the great Dale Earnhardt, and ever since then, February 18th has become a day of great significance for anyone associated with the sport that's a fan or involved in the sport or just sports in general. Uh, certainly, it's, it's a very big day, especially for those that cheered for the number three, Mike. That's right, Taylor. And, you know, two years ago, uh, I remember Kelly Earnhardt did something really special for the 10th anniversary. Uh, she went into her family photo album, got some never-before-seen photos uh, that I had never seen. A lot of people never seen these things and shared them in a video that we posted on DaleJr.com, and it's actually still on there today if, if uh, fans want to check it out. But, you know, ever since then, the family has really, like, embraced this day as one that we can smile and remember the character that Biggie was. Yeah, so. today we're extremely honored to have in studio with us uh, Martha Earnhardt, Dale's mother, his sister, Kathy Earnhardt Watkins. And on the phone in Pennsylvania is Kelly Earnhardt Miller to talk about the great intimidator, Dale Earnhardt. Kelly, let's start with you. Let's start with daughter, um, Dale Earnhardt as a father. I, I know that every day I'm sure you think about him, but especially on days like today. Yeah, that's true. You know, today I just like to take the time to really celebrate his life. And um, you mentioned the word intimidator, and I think um, – you know, as a father, he was intimidating as well. And, um, uh, you know, you always wanted to do right by him and always wanted to do the right thing. And um, he kept us in line for sure. And uh, he was a he was a tough father, but a loving father. But um, we definitely knew what the rules were and and, and not to break them. So um, I, I was just thinking back on a, a funny story about growing up as the daughter of Dale Earnhardt and, um we could take all day to share a lot of those kind of stories, but um, when I was in my teenage years, he, he always said, well, you can't date unless I meet them. Well, I, you know, everybody knows that the, the weekend is when they race, and the weekend is when you go on a date, right? <laughs> so that was kind of hard. <laughs> so guess what? I never went on dates. <laughs> my but, goodness. Um, <laughs> That's understandable. Now, uh, And then can you imagine meeting Dale Earnhardt, like, you know? That would be yeah, if you're the boyfriend. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, I yeah. don't want to imagine that. <laughs> Chance, chances are he would have worn he was still worn the glasses and worn black. So uh, yeah, that could have been incredibly intimidating. That's right. Do, do you yeah, actually have right. a story of when you brought a boyfriend home to meet your dad? Well, I really don't have one about when I brought one home because I didn't get that opportunity very often. <laughs> but um, I do have one about me being somewhere I wasn't supposed to be, and uh, I had dad and I were on the farm, and I had told him that I needed to go by the store and get some stuff for a project for school and it was I don't know it was about 7 seven thirty at night and I stopped off at this guy's house that I liked we weren't boyfriend and girlfriend or anything but I liked him and his I was sitting at his kitchen table with his family and this there's a knock on the door and his mom goes to the door answers the door and she comes in and she says uh, Kelly uh, your dad's at the door and he'd like to see you well <laughs> I mean, can you imagine the way I felt? I was so embarrassed. And it just so happened he took this out-of-the-way road home. It would not have been his normal route. He seen my car. He come up to the front door. He knocked on the door, and um, I had to go out and get my car, and I was grounded for 
probably at least a month. I you're, even had to you're my still dog. grounded. <laughs> Now we're here with yeah, Martha. That was quite funny. We're here with Martha, and it's—I just—I have to call you Mamaw because that's what everybody calls that's you. That's fine. Now Kelly's talking about how he was the intimidator, even as a dad. Was he the intimidator as a son, or were you the intimidator? Well, Kathy's pointing to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he was in the neighborhood. He was in charge of the other kids. Oh, okay. I mean, they followed his lead, whatever you know, whatever they were doing, riding tricycles, bicycles, or whatever. But I remember talking about Kelly. I was staying with them one weekend when Dale was gone to the race, and uh, I let a boy come over to see Kelly. And of course, we never his dad, her dad, her dad never knew about that. But I, <laughs> you remember, wow. the, you remember I that? Mamma, you were the bad influence <laughs> in Kelly's life. Well, I was sitting right there with them the whole time. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I didn't let them get out no, of my sight. No funny business. Nothing like that. Yeah. You, do you yeah. remember that, Kelly? I do remember that. Yeah. I do Y'all were that. living See, it. Mamaw tried to keep a little sense of normalcy to us. <laughs> I hear you. So you guys like to go to Mamaw's house probably a well, lot I more. Well, I was actually staying at their house. <laughs> okay. Yeah, she used to come to our house and stay on the lake with us quite a bit when Dad and yeah. were gone. Uh, Kathy Watkins, again, uh, Dale's uh, sister is here, and, and Kathy mom here was saying that uh the intimidator ran the neighborhood huh well honestly dale ran things from the day he was born um, <laughs> you know my favorite <laughs> my favorite story is you know mom and dad mother got pregnant the first time and dad wanted a blonde-haired blue-eyed girl and he got Kay. well then uh, of course the second baby he wanted a boy and got me <laughs> so i've always said when dale was born that dale had my life because i always wanted to be the boy and so i tagged along dale and i were very close and um from the day he was born it was like he was in charge if we got a buy a tricycle at christmas he took the wheels off of it and worked on it. if we got a wagon he <laughs> renovated it or or souped it up and could aggravate you to death just to prove he could outrun you from the day he was born, he wanted to be first and show you how he was always the fastest. He was always the best. And even as we got older and got boyfriends, he would aggravate them to death, saying <laughs> silly things just so the boys would chase him so he could prove he could outrun them. But he was in charge. I was going to say this boyfriend topic here would apply to you as well because you would bring you you know you have boyfriends growing up. I mean, what is yeah. the brother? Uh, is he the protective brother, or is he? It sounds like he was the aggravating brother. He was actually run, running them off. What he was doing? <laughs> Goodness gracious! Well, to see the funny thing, there's only fourteen, uh, sixteen months between me and Dale, so we sort of grew up together with the same kind of uh, things going on in our lives, and. Uh, I will have to say we were very, very, very close until, of course, marriage and children and then his life as a notorious race car driver sort of got in that way. So over the years, you lost that being able to have that personal contact with Dale, but you always knew it was there. He had the ability to tell you what to do and how to do it, but make a personal contact with you by looking you in the eye because even if there's thousands of people around. He was just that kind And of she person. always told him that she was supposed to have been the first boy, and he got her right. <laughs> <laughs> so so uh, he loved to aggravate people, and, and the, the stories are unbelievable about that. I mean, everybody that knows him knows those stories, and he had always had that grin on his face. Where did he get that grin from, Mamma? from you or from Ralph? It wasn't me. <laughs> <laughs> he did have his dad's grin. Yeah, he did say. sort of a little sideways grin. Yeah. Dale Jr. does it sometimes. He, he, yeah. I've noticed mm -hmm. Kelly does it. 
I've watched it in all of Dale's yeah. kids. Um, but see he, that same thing come His out. oldest child looks so much like him. It's right, Terry. Yeah, he sure does. Uh, Kelly, you pull tricks on people too? Um, every now and again. I like to play around, but I think Dad was the uh, – he was definitely the prankster. And, um, he he know, was the leader, wasn't he, Kelly? The driver, yeah. He was the leader, yeah. He taught us well, I guess. Mama, what was a normal morning like when they were kids? Like from the time they woke up – eating breakfast, getting them off to school. What was a normal morning like in the Earnhardt house? I don't I don't think of a normal one. <laughs> I can't think of a normal one. It was, but it was fun. I was young. I was young, and so, you know, I didn't know no better. Um, they just uh, sort of helped raise me, too. I don't think there was anything about Dad's life that was really normal because no. people ask me that question all the time, too, of, uh, is, you know, what was it like being his, you know, the daughter and, and – you know, we didn't have nine to five work jobs and family dinners at five thirty and that kind of stuff. It was, um, you know, with him being gone and and having the career he did, it was um, just really different than the typical household. It was always um, something going on, and you never knew what to expect. But, well, but then, growing up at our table, they all had to be at our table at, 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 at supper time or dinner time, or they didn't get anything to eat. They had to be at the table. They had well, to be what at was the table. They had to be at the supper table, but nobody <laughs> usually was sitting with us. Yeah. <laughs> what was his favorite food? We had to clean our plate, too. Uh, he loved vegetable soup. And uh, I don't know, Kelly, what was his favorite food? He always, oh, gosh. He always made I a I just deal. remember going to Little Kitchen all the time yeah, for uh, uh, Little Kitchen, yeah. and baked potato. Yeah. <laughs> and blue cheese dressing. Yeah. Blue cheese dressing. These, these personal stories yeah. are, are wonderful, and but being his family, I, I'd also, I think, uh, our audience would love to hear your favorite professional memory from from oh, Dale. God. Kathy, let's start with you. Is there a, a, a favorite it's achievement a per, that he had? It's sort of a personal and professional um I was lucky enough to be at the Daytona 500 when he won. Mm -hmm. And as I said earlier, as Dale's life blossomed, you never got alone time. You never got personal time. Even when he was there for holidays, there's 35 of us in the house. And so you always felt like you sort of lost that personal connection. Well, I, I was lucky enough to go into victory lane for when he won the 500 and for a split second, I walked through that gate, and of all those hundreds of people in that victory lane, Dale made eye contact with me and said, there's my sister Kathy, and hugged me and told me he loved me, and I felt like we were the only two people there. That is wonderful. Unbelievable. That is wonderful. <laughs> awesome. Ke Kelly, uh, how about you? Gosh, for me, probably just, um, you know, being at the races and being in victory lane, and, you know, we when we went to the races with Dad, we went in a conversion uh, van, you know, and and slept on the floor and slept on the way to the race or whatever, and um, just run around in the infields at places like North Wilkesboro, and and you know, to us, until the race started, you know, we didn't even really pay attention to to being at the track. We were just kids running around. We played hide and seek with eggs at Martinsville and stuff like that. So just a lot of fun family memories of growing up at the racetrack and and just being kids. Mamma, you could go way back, I bet. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't get to be there when Dale won the Daytona race, but he called me from the racetrack. He was there for the first win at Bristol. I'm talking about <laughs> Daytona. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, he uh, called me from the track and told, said, Mom, I finally won. I said, yeah, I know I was watching. But it, he won his first race at Bristol. 
they tried to get me to go ahead, go on into the winter circle. I said, no. Uh-uh, you didn't go? He, not till he got the checkered flag. I, I got you. <laughs> I got you. I wasn't about to go in there until he got that checkered flag. But that had to be an unbelievable feeling because you experienced a lot of success with your husband and then also with your son. That had to be well, an unbelievable feeling. see, when my husband started driving, our oldest child, which was Kay's, Kathy's older sister, she was about six months old when Ralph started driving a race car, and I was 18 years old. And I'm 82 now, uh-huh. so that's how long I've been in racing. <laughs> My goodness, hey, you and know I more about racing one, than any of us would I put together. I tried it one time, but it didn't work out too I good. love that story. You want to tell it? <laughs> I, I asked her for Jerem 360 last year. Uh, she was wearing a fire suit for a commercial that we were shooting with Carrie Dale Earnhardt, and uh, and I said, you know, this fire suit, have you actually ever driven the car? And she said, one time. And, and I could tell by her face that it wasn't a great experience. <laughs> tell us the story. Well, uh, it was at Hickory Speedway, and uh, Ralph put me in the race car, the car he was going to drive in the main event, and put me in the race car and told me what to do. He he didn't let me practice or anything. Well, I was doing pretty good till I come off the turn, fourth turn in the Little car got up beside of me and got me sort of squirrely, you know, and I run into the bank right in front of the grandstand where everybody could see. <laughs> How much damage? Uh, well, they had to fix it for him to drive. <laughs> and him and another guy, Bud Allman, had, they had some cars together. And his wife, Bud's wife, was driving the other car. Well, she wrecked it. So <laughs> they had to take both cars and make him one to drive. So. The funny part, Mom's always said, Dad, come checked out the car first and then stuck his yeah, head in the wind and yeah. asked her, was she okay? Because he sat right in, <laughs> that's exactly what he did. He checked, looked at the car, see how bad it was hurting, and he stuck his head in the wind and said, well, are you okay? <laughs> Priorities. <laughs> well, y- y'all are awful kind to be here today. And uh, Martha and Kathy, we can't thank you enough for coming and sharing these stories. And, and Kelly, I-, I really salute you for, for getting all of us together. And, and like you said, to celebrate uh, Dale's incredible life, because uh, there are so many wonderful stories we could tell. Yeah, it is. And that's, that's the great thing about his legacy is that the stories will go on and on. And, and uh, we could have a shoot, a 24-7, 365 day a week show about it for sure. Well, maybe that's the next show on Dirty Mo Radio. All right, guys. We'll talk to you all later. All Thank right. you, Kelly. Kathy Watkins, uh, Dale's sister, and Martha, a.k.a. Mama Earnhardt, Dale's mom, we're so grateful you were here today. Thank you so much. Thank you Thank for, you having, for us. having us. But we do need to finish with the white flag. There you go, buddy, white flag. All right, Taylor, Daytona practices resume Wednesday, and Dale Jr. will be there in the number 88 National Guard Chevrolet. Now, Wednesday night, Dale will be at the Performance Racing Network's annual Q&A appearance at Volusia Mall at 6.45 p.m. Eastern time. It will also be on Motor Racing Network's NASCAR Live with Eli Gold at 7.20 p.m., so check your local listings for that. We've got the Gatorade Dual 150s on Thursday. Junior's in the first race at 2 p.m. on Speed Channel. On Friday, you have Nationwide Series qualifying, Taylor. Saturday, you've got Drive, drive for COPD 300 Nationwide Series race at 1 p.m. Junior's in the number 88TaxSlayer.com. Yeah, Chevrolet, hey, it is tax season. Don't forget. And Sunday, the Great American Race, the 55th running of the Daytona 500. Dale Jr. will start his day with a live Q&A at the Team Chevy stage at 10 a.m., and that is open to the public. Finally, Taylor, this week is my wife's birthday, and I need present ideas. Maybe I'll get Mamaw to give you some. You can't ever go wrong with a spa package. For Mike Davis, I'm Taylor Zarzer, and this has been the Dale Jr. Download.
Thanks for listening to Dirty Mo' Radio.